Good morning. Brave and faithful Canadian servants of God. <laughs> it is very good that we are here gathered together today to listen to the good news of God and to break bread together. Okay, I have to admit, the scripture readings for today are one of my favorite ones to preach on, but also one of my least favorite ones because it is my turn to say something to you that it's a little embarrassing. There, there are a few things that I struggle with, and I'm going to give you some examples. One day I was driving to school, and, and as a good little student, I, I like to be there early. And for most of the way, I was driving behind this car who, in, in my mind, was driving about idle speed. Now, the roads were a little narrower because of the snow and the ice, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Um, but, but the weather wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. So I'm thinking to myself, doesn't this person know I have to be at school on time for morning prayer? Like, how selfish are they? It's, it's okay if they don't care that they're late, but I care. And then all of a sudden, this person started, you know, turning onto a different street. But it appeared to me as though signal lights came as an option that they declined in their car. Uh, dandy. Now, another example is, as, you, as some of you may know, I, I have a little part-time job. And I work at one of the large shoe retail stores. I love the interaction with the people. I like to, you know, give them a good shopping experience. And um, I like them to have a good time with their getting their shoes. Which may have something to do with what Father Stephen was talking about last week in terms of me liking people saying, what a nice and friendly guy I am and what an awesome customer service I provide. So that's one of the things. But after they made their purchase and they left my store, I go and check out the area where they were shopping to discover sometimes, not always, but to discover an ungodly mess. So there's shoes all over the place, there's empty boxes all over the floor, and I'm saying to myself, is it really too much to ask for them to just put the shoes back where they found them? Are they so, really so inconsiderate that they think that they're better than us and that we're just there to clean after them? So, yes, I, I, you know, I have some difficulties there. Another thing a, a little bit more serious is that for the last couple of weeks, um, I've been hearing of some initiatives to privatize our healthcare system in Ontario. Um, that both angers me and concerns me and terrifies me because the consequences of that would affect the most those who are in who could otherwise not be able to afford health care, medical care. And that would only benefit those few people in our society who could actually profit from it. That is evil and against the gospel. I don't know if anybody can help me here, but I don't, I don't seem to remember an episode when Jesus charged somebody to heal them. So, so yes, I get angry sometimes. 
and I have negative feelings towards those who act in ways that I consider wrong. Like all of us here, I'm only human after all. And yet, we are gathered here today. Why? Let us look at what today's scripture readings tell us today. We see in the first reading that Paul is not very happy with the church in Corinth. Paul feels angry because the community there is deviating from the gospel that he preached to them. There seem to be realigning to the pagan ideas and understanding that has something to do with the resurrection of the body after death. Now, I'm not going to go very deep at all into the whole theology of the resurrection of the body. That would take a couple of PhD uh, programs. But what I'm going to say is that Paul is upset because the Corinthians are focusing their views and their understandings on old patterns of behavior and thinking. They're thinking of the, the same way that the world thinks. And Paul is just trying to remind them that the gospel that he preached to them was the gospel of Jesus Christ that was coming to say, uh, present and show a different way of seeing and understanding. This has implications in real and practical life because, after all, the way we believe has a, has a, um, a direct impact in the way we behave and vice versa, or at the very least it should. But it really does say much about us and about what we believe and what we value. And then we hear the gospel. Oh, dear. For those of you who read the, uh, who, you know, when, in the bulletins we take home, we, there's some readings for the next week and everything sometimes. For those of you who did do that and, and read them, and even for those of us who didn't, and for those of us who did, I wonder who woke up this morning saying, you know, fresh out of bed, wash your shower, wash your face, brush your teeth and everything, and then saying, I'm really looking forward to hearing a challenge to the way I think and the way I live my life. Challenge away. Who of us said this is a very good day to make an extra effort to be extra nice to the guy who was driving like crazy, like a maniac on the road and almost hit my car on the way to church? The very beginning of today's gospel says, but I say to you who listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Jesus is right away, right off the bat, speaking to us because he knows that it is us who listen. Jesus knows that it is us he speaks to, and that it is we who must pay attention to something that we are not used to, something that sounds counterintuitive, something that sounds even unnatural. Jesus says that it's easy to be nice and to be kind and to love those people who think like us, those who believe like us, those who behave like us, or at the very least, those who behave the way we want them to behave. If that was all it took, if that was what it's all about, then the church would be very little more than a social club whose members, which membership is limited 
to a certain a specific kind of people. Jesus says that even sinners love those who love them. The things that we hear today are not easy. This teaching is hard. Some commentators say that this gospel is for the committed because for anyone who is not committed or not fully committed, this good news sounds a lot more like bad advice. It would almost sound like it's a, like we're hearing a manual on how to be a good doormat. But this is not the reason. And Jesus is not telling us to be doormats. Rather, Jesus is showing us the way we are to respond in the face of cruelty and injustice. Our response to others does not depend on other people's behavior, especially when they treat us badly. Our response is actually, or should be, diametrically opposed to what they do to us. If we heed Jesus' words in today's gospel, we do good when others do not. Be merciful, just as the Father is merciful. This is contrary to the way the world is. Even us, who call ourselves Christians, have a very difficult time sometimes living the way Jesus tells us and shows us how to live. It's counterintuitive and natural to be merciful. But God calls us to be merciful. I would even say that God tells us and calls us to be merciful because we need to be merciful, especially in a world where there is so much hatred, evil, and greed. Those of us who are parents who have children know that for the most part, most children I know, it's very difficult to convince them to eat their vegetables. All the nutritional, nutritional information and facts and all the benefits and all how good it is for their health mean very little to them because, like I said, most children I know don't like their vegetables. When we are adults, being merciful is like eating our vegetables. Sometimes we don't like, especially the ones we don't like, no matter how much we know that they're good for us. There is usually a big difference between what we need and what we want. I think we can all agree that God knows exactly what we need. And God wants to provide what we need. Now, is this motivation enough for us? Again, we hear Jesus in the gospel saying to us, your reward will be great. When we do these things, our reward will be great. Now, this is something that is much too often misunderstood, especially in some church circles. This reward that Jesus talks about does not mean material goods, nor is it a motivation for being merciful or something that we have to do in order for us to get to heaven. If we focus on that part of the scripture alone, we absolutely miss the point. Our reward is a gift that keeps on giving. Jesus tells us that we will be children of the Most High because he is merciful to the ungrateful and the wicked. Our reward, when we forgive for the sake of forgiveness, not because we're getting something, a reward or anything else in return, 
continues to be a transformative event within ourselves. It is a gift that keeps transforming us. In other words, our reward is what we become. Merciful, just as the Father is merciful. This is the kingdom way. This is the resurrection of Christ that brings new life into the world, especially in these days of division, exclusion, and threats to privatize healthcare. I don't think there's that there's anything greater that we can aspire to be. And we receive this grace. We receive the grace that we need to be merciful, not from our own efforts or piety or good works or intentions, but we receive this grace from God. What we have to do in this whole equation, our part is to recognize and accept that grace that moves us to be merciful. We become a different creature than we were, more along the lines of what Jesus talks about. When we do that, while it's still not easy, we are able to listen to that little voice, you know, that shoulder angel thing sometimes that we hear, don't do this, do this, this is good. And that little voice is telling us that, for example, the person driving in front of me when I'm in such a rush to get to school, maybe that person is terrified to drive in the weather and there's somewhere they desperately need to be. That person driving like a maniac and just almost hitting my car, maybe they're on their way to an emergency. Maybe they're in distress and they're in desperate need of God and in desperate need of our prayers. It's hard to have a good and merciful attitude when we hear something like privatizing our healthcare. Now, our response must be one of mercy and action and in defense to those in the needed the most. But we do this in ways like advocacy, respect, and peace, even with our votes, not with anger, violence, or condemnation. The gospel ends today with the exhortation to not to judge, not to condemn, but to forgive and to give freely. This incredibly liberating action is possible when we recognize and accept God's grace. It is this grace that brings us together here and calls us to the Eucharistic table to share the bread of life and to drink from the cup of salvation. It is this grace that enables us to love our enemies, to see beyond the questions that Paul has to answer to the Corinthians. This grace helps us to be merciful. The gospel, while it is truly good news, it is also difficult news. This grace, and this is really nice, when we are open to receive it and allow it to work in us, can truly, truly do infinitely more that we can ask or imagine. As we will be gathering later for our annual general meeting, I pray that we come with a grateful heart, with renewed energy, with an intention to go work in the building of the kingdom that Jesus showed us. 
with grace and mercy for the world we are called to serve. Amen.